Hey guys, Josh Kalinowski back at you, and you are listening to Leading and Living with Impact and Influence, where we train leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. Now, we don't necessarily just train them. We actually walk with you as you are going through life and these challenges that you're facing. And today we've got some, oh man, I, I gotta tell you, I am so excited to be talking uh, with Jeremy Miller. Um, this guy just created an awesome documentary uh, and it happened to be with a really great close friend of ours, uh, Justin Kinner, but the, the, the documentary itself uh, is just an amazing standalone piece. And uh, we talk about that, that journey. We talk about like what it took to, um, to film four 100 mile races. Uh, I mean, you think it's hard to run them. Uh, try filming them and the challenges and the obstacles that come in the way. We also talk about a little bit about the transition in his life and the fact that, you know, he didn't know that he was going to get into this uh, and, and do this as a career. And he actually was in another uh, industry before this. So uh, I'm really excited about our, our conversation with Jeremy. And I know that you will find some tremendous value in it. So enjoy today's episode. All right, dude. Hey, well, first of all, congratulations on your release of your documentary, dude. Um, man, I, Jordan and I went to it that evening and really didn't have any expectations of what we were going to be watching there. Obviously, we know Justin, but you did such an amazing job on this documentary called Chasing 400. So first of all, congrats, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was... Uh... It wasn't intended to you know be seen in a theater like that initially, but after we put it together, we're like, I think it'd be great to get to the community of Casper together and everybody to see this in person. And it, it turned out pretty good. Oh man, it was it was awesome. Um, now you've also had some tremendous success on YouTube with it already. I was talking to Justin yesterday about this. I mean, you've just in the release that you've had it with, which hasn't been that long. You've already had over sixty thousand views, dude. I mean, that's, I mean, you gotta be pretty stoked about that. Oh yeah. It's uh, I think today it actually hit 75,000, which is like, again, like not what we expected at all. Um, I, I mean, like on my small YouTube channel, I, I'll upload a video. It gets like a couple hundred views here and there. And then this video just absolutely took off. Um, yeah, I think that probably part of it is due to that ultra running is still such a new sport. You know, it hasn't been around that long and it just really hasn't had a lot of media exposure. There's just not a lot of documentaries and films and stories being told about it. There's a, there's a handful of them that are out there, but not many. Um, and so to put something like this out there, it's an hour long feature on ultra running. Um, I think it's people are looking for that kind of stuff. And, and that was exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a real big need for people getting exposed to all of these extreme sports. Uh, I can't tell you how many documentaries my wife and I have, have sat up and watched about people that are, uh, that are skiing the Alps or they're climbing, you know, seven, seven peaks in four months. Uh, I, so this felt very well, uh, like in line with all of that. So I think you really did that. The timing of it was just perfect. So, and I know you've got it submitted to some film festivals as well too, correct? Uh, we haven't submitted any film festivals yet. Um, we're in the process of that, but we're, there's actually a French film distribution company um that, that hit us up and and asked if they could distribute it um throughout their market so that's going which is cool i don't know the numbers on that yet um but people are definitely seeing it which is which is pretty cool 
Okay, so you've got 75,000 views on it. I'm people are always wondering because, you know, YouTube pays you for the more views you get on this. Are you starting to see any residual income coming in from the amount of views yet? So, our my channel's monetized, but that video specifically is not monetized. Okay. Um for just different, mostly due to like different music that's used oh, okay. in it. Um yeah. it's like YouTube strikes it for copyright and there's sometimes just you can't fight YouTube on some of that stuff. So, unfortunately, that video we were not making any money off of. And that's kind of like the, the whole thing with this whole film was like, we didn't, we definitely didn't do it to, to make money or profit off it. And we, in fact, I think both of us probably had a net loss on it, yeah. um, which is like, in my opinion, it makes it even better because it's just purely passion. Um, I, I love filmmaking, storytelling and running. And Justin obviously loves running. Um, and so to, to see it do this well, um, based just solely on passion is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, once again, it's a great film. I highly recommend it. Anybody that's out there looking for just some great content to go watch it. Um, I'd love to know, let, let's talk to the, the audience about this. Uh, you know, you, you called up Justin and said, Hey, listen, I want to, I want to film a documentary. I want to, you know, do you have any ultras that you're running? He had some coming across with the, Hey, well, I'm going to chase these four. Like, was there a moment where you're like, that's a big undertaking. Like we went from like one weekend to now this, this film is going to be over, I think, was it 18 weeks? Wasn't it as what he did for all four of those races? Uh, I think it was 13 weeks actually, which is, you know, all the more impressive. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was basically just what you just described. It was uh, initially I was like, okay, I'll dedicate a weekend, you know, follow him somewhere in the U S go film him, um, run a, run a hundred mile race. Uh, but then obviously that times four becomes a heck of a lot more time and, um, more footage to edit and, and everything else just becomes a lot more with that. Um, but after the first race, I was like, I, I can't just stop here. It's like, there's so much more to the story. And, um, I, I just would have felt I wouldn't be able to live with myself. if I just went and filmed, you know, that first race and then ignored the other three. Um, yeah. so at that point I was like, just the, the inner, creative and storyteller in me it was like we got to go finish finish this out well you had like what 25 hours of footage that you had to kind of go through and then really create a story through that yeah that was uh it was definitely a challenge for sure i mean by far the largest creative thing i've ever done in my life um you know i've done like wedding films and and some smaller projects like that that involve storytelling but nothing of this magnitude where i have you know, over 20 hours of footage. And the, the majority of the footage was actually interview footage with Justin. Um, I think I had like eight or nine hours of basically just him sitting down answering questions. And so taking all of these pieces and trying to fit that into a cohesive story that makes sense and, you know, has ups and downs and a little bit of drama and, um, you know, all the elements of a good story. And, um, you know, to, to do that, just as a one person team was like, I learned so much through that process. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, putting yourself in challenging situations and uncomfortable situations, because that's truly where you, where you grow the most. Um, and this just epitomized that, I think. Yeah. And I think that I'd love to dive a little bit into this is like, you know, you went into this with some understanding, obviously you, you've created films in the past. You have a pretty clear uh, vision of, you know, what you probably want this film to look like to a certain point, but what were some of the surprises? What were some of the things were like, man, I didn't really see that as a big challenge, but it was a huge obstacle or, you know, things that you took away from this where you're like, okay, I'm so glad I experienced this because I've just grown that much more in this industry. I think honestly, just the kind of the logistics of, of shooting, uh, an event like that, because it's, you know, all these events are these hundred mile races are between 20 to like 27 hours. 
Um, so it's, I mean, even just the fact of being up for that long to stay yeah. awake and, and be capturing these moments. And it was just me individually filming at all these events. Um, so kind of planning logistically how to shoot all these was a big challenge as well. Um, and then obviously once I gathered all the footage, bring it back into the, into the editing studio and, and trying to piece that together, all these different puzzle pieces, which I, I always compare it to, you know, you have a, uh, it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle with 10,000 pieces, but you have no <laughs> clue what the final picture is supposed to look like. You're, you're the yeah. one making the final picture. Um, and so it's, I don't know if there was really one thing in particular that stood out, but just all these different things of how to handle this amount of footage and, and really it's just the story is always king. So it's like, sometimes I was, I would sacrifice the composition of a shot or the lighting of a shot or, mm -hmm. you know, a certain angle just in order to capture that moment. Um, and, and kind of put the, the aesthetics of it on the back burner, because most of the time that's, that's more important, you know, to the average viewer, they're not going to care if a shot's too dark or too bright, or, you know, the, the angle is not quite perfect. Right. They're, they're going to care more about how the story makes them feel. Yeah. Um, and so that was always at the forefront of my mind is just tell a good story and, and capture everything I could. And, and ultras, there's just so much happening. And typically that that's all happening at the aid stations. Um, yeah. so that that's probably, you know, a, a good chunk of the footage as well is just Justin coming to the aid stations, talking to his parents, interacting with his crew, um, kind of all the drama that ensues there. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Um, and, and it was, this is my first exposure to ultra running as well. So I'd never even been to a hundred mile race before showing up for that first one to film it. Yeah. And so that alone was kind of a shock of like, Oh, this, so this is what it's like to, to come to a hundred mile race. Um, but it was, I don't know, I wouldn't change anything. It was, a, it was such a great experience and I, I just learned so much from it. Do you feel like, so I had the opportunity, I wrote a book and, uh, you know, completely green, had no idea of really the process of, of writing a book. And I didn't know, uh, you know, what went into it. I didn't know like all of the other things. And what I found out that found out was, is that just writing the book was like base camp one. You know, if you're going to go to Everest, you're like, oh no, I'm going to the peak. I'm, I got it published and I'm ready. And you're like, no, like you were literally, when you publish the book, it's at base camp one. Have you found like, there's so much more work now that you've actually completed the film. You've got to get it exposed. You've got opportunities. You're talking, I'm sure on podcasts, you're having interviews, you're wanting to get, you know, you're wanting to get even more exposure. Like, do you feel like, holy cow, like I've now we're really working to be honest with you. Oh, definitely. It's like, I don't, I don't know in, in the creative world, especially you, you have to put in all this work up front. Um, a lot of times it's just doing stuff for free for people to, to you know, build up a portfolio. And it's kind of how I approach this as well. It's like, I, I didn't think of this film as being like, you know, the peak of something. It's yeah. really like you mentioned, it's just like, you're just at the bottom of the mountain, like you're slowly creeping up. Um, and you just use this as a stepping stone to, you know, make new connections with people and, you know, do things like this, like being on podcasts and then, um, to use whatever I learned in the process of making that film to, to go out and make better films um and even now like going back and watching the film and seeing all this footage i would there's so many things i would do differently if i could do it again um which yeah, that's i think that's you know kind of the whole point of it is to you're not you don't know what you don't know yes. and so it's you have to just go out and do it yeah. and um and that's really what what happened with this was i had no clue how to film all these races how to put any of this together so going out doing it throwing myself in in the deep end. And, um, and now I just have all that experience and it's, it's only going to make me better for when that next big challenge comes. 
Yeah. Well, you, I, I will tell you, it is very evident that you threw yourself into this project. I mean, some of those shots that you had deep in the woods, I mean, we're all trying to figure out like, man, how did he get the camera back there? Like, and how did, how, how many miles back was that? Cause I'm always thinking of like, well, how did he get out of there? <laughs> you know? So I, I got to imagine you've got some good stories about that too. I mean, it's a, uh, I think on average between the four races, I probably logged like 25 miles myself. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the, at Western States, I ended up logging like 34 miles or something crazy like that. Uh, I mean, it's not a hundred miles, but it was, uh, it, it was still a good over amount. a marathon, man. That's over yeah. a marathon. So, like, come on now. That's nothing light right there. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, uh, the logistics of it, um, filming wise was I would, I would roll with Justin's parents to the aid station. Um, they would set up their stuff. I would hike up the trail, um, towards Justin, uh, you know, two or three miles to where I could find a good spot that, that seemed like it'd, it'd be good aesthetically. Um, I would, I'd get him running through Then I would essentially just run back up the trail with him another, you know, those two or three miles film at the aid station. Um, and they do the same thing going back down the trail, another two or three miles. So it was, um, I got to see a lot of the courses too, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, I, w- I was there maybe enjoying it a little bit more cause I didn't have nearly as many miles on my feet at the time. Um, but it, you know, just being on those courses and seeing all these other ultra runners pass by and, and see these people when they're, you know, 70, 80 miles deep into a race and just the, the variances and how people handle that kind of physical pain. Yeah. Um, and cause you know, it's different when people are coming through the aid stations and everybody's cheering them on and stuff versus like when they're out on the course, two or three miles away from all that. And they're just out there by themselves. Like you really get to see the rawness yeah. of, of that experience. Um, so it's, I feel like I definitely got a, a more unique vantage point than a lot of people do. Um, which, which is pretty cool. I think that you need to come out with like a follow-up video about all the pain and agony that really goes on behind the scenes that all these other runners, because that's one, I think that's one thing that Jordan and I talk about is like, man, here's Justin that we know is just, he's an elite athlete in this ultra running. And you could see the wear and tear and physical abuse that he was going through mentally and physically because of the, of the race. And I'm like, I'm just thinking like, and he's not normal because he's elite. Like, what about all these normal people that are doing this? Like they have just got to be completely wrecked. So if you got any footage of that, that would be a really good sequel to, <laughs> to your follow video, man. Yeah. That's uh, that was honestly one of the biggest challenges of this, of putting this together was um, like you said, Justin, he, he's not a normal guy. He he's definitely elite. Um, and he, he says it at one point in the film, he's like, I don't think I have an elite speed or anything, but I have an elite grit. And that's a perfect way to explain it is like, he's just going to keep going no matter what. Um, and so he handles that stuff so well that he doesn't really show that he's in pain or he doesn't say like, Oh man, this hurts. This sucks. Like most people would, um, he, he just takes it and accepts it. And, um, so that was kind of hard to like pull that out of him and to add some drama to the film. Cause otherwise, you know, you're just watching this guy run through the woods for an hour essentially. Um, so I really had to make sure I caught those moments where he was showing his vulnerabilities a little bit. They weren't often, but there was a couple of them in there, um, where I had to, you know, capture him, you know, showing that it hurts because it's, I mean, hundred miles is, is so it's so far and to, to put your body through that is not an easy thing to do. And, you know, he did it four times, obviously. So, yeah. um, and yeah, such a like, short amount of time too. I think that's the thing, like your yeah. body, I mean, I can't imagine that your body's recovered too much, or at least for the average person for him, obviously more so than not, you know, I know he's running a, this ra- a race this weekend, which is the last runner standing. And I'm like in the back of my mind going, you know, I, I, 
I, I wish David Goggins would go run it because I'd love to see those two go at it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, that... who, who would actually, I don't think either one of them would quit. So I was going to say, I don't, I think they just go forever. Essentially. I don't, I don't know if there would be an end to that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, Hey, listen, I want to, let, let's just kind of shift a little bit of focus here because you went to the university of Wyoming Yep. Uh, and remind me again, you didn't, you did not graduate with like a media, uh, uh, career, right? I mean, you, you, that, that was not the plan. No, not, not at all. Um, so my undergrad was political science with the intention of going to law school eventually. Um, okay. and my junior year at UW, uh, my girlfriend, Bree and I, we did an exchange program in Hawaii for, for a year and going over there, like it just totally got us out of our element. Like we, not, neither one of us had really ever left Wyoming and, you know, going to Hawaii, it's just everything about it is different over there. And so yeah. I think really just the exposure and kind of the culture shock of, you know, being 19 years old and, and leaving home and really leaving the country almost. Um, it, it was just like a, a total shock. And we, I don't know if it was like an epiphany or anything like that, but um, I, I just really found a passion for, for filmmaking and, and photo and video and storytelling. And so that's where that all kind of started and where it really started to develop there. Um, yeah, it was never really in, in the plan. I mean, I took like one audio visual class in high school just for fun. Um, but besides that, everything else was just self-taught a lot of hours on YouTube, um, watching tutorials, doing online courses. Um, I mean, even just watching, you know, like movies and TV shows now, kind of like in the back of my head, I'm always thinking like, Oh, how did they shoot this scene? How did they light this? Like the, the, the sequence of shots, how it's cut together, all these different things that, you know, somebody who's not in that world probably doesn't think about those things. Um, but I just, I kind of subconsciously do all that stuff now. And it was, yeah, like I said, it was never planned to, to go into media. Now it's, you know, my full-time job, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Once you're behind the camera, you can never look at a commercial. You can never look at a movie the same, right? Cause you're always seeing it from the, the, the view of the lens now. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's like Brie hates watching movies with me. Cause that's all I talk about is like, she's focused on the story a lot of the times of like, Oh, I can't believe you did this. And and I'm just focused on like, oh, they should have cut it this way. Or they, you know, they should have shot it from this angle or something. So it, it's just ingrained in me now. So when you made that decision, I'm curious, I mean, did you get any feet like any kickback or was it support? Like what, what was that? What was that like when you made a decision to go from a really prestigious career going into becoming an attorney, right. To, to something that it's almost like acting, right? Like, oh, I want to be an actor. You're like, really? We just paid for four years of college and you want to be an actor now? Yeah, honestly, I, I didn't have a lot of support. I would say Bree is probably the biggest supporter. She she always thought that, you know, I should just do whatever makes me happy. And, and that was filmmaking. But, um, you know, most friends and family, they're like, why would you do that? Like, you can make so much more money as an attorney. It's such a like beaten path, you know, go to get a bachelor's degree, go to law school to go work at a big law firm. Um, it, it's just like the, the easier path, really, um, sure. instead of trying to, you know, make your own path and and figure things out on your own. Um, so that was kind of a challenge to, to say no to those people and just continue to do what I wanted to do. Um, because it really, the, the law school thing was just like, it's always sounded good. It's like, like I just said, it's, you know, kind of, it's got a beaten path and there's not a lot of mystery to it. Um, and you know, you're going to end up making a good living and things like that, but it it just truly never intrigued me that much, the, the substance of it. And so, filmmaking did and I was just always continued to like in my free time you know watching YouTube videos on, on, on how to edit better and um, looking at camera tutorials and all these different things um, just continued to pull me that direction and then it's it just all happened kind of organically over the last like five six years um, 
and like I said, now I'm now I'm here doing it full time. So it was it was a it was an interesting progression, but um, I probably wouldn't change anything about it. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man, that you did that. I mean, there's so many people that live with regret, going, "Man, I should have just chased this at an earlier time," or "I should have just why did I shut that door?" And I just I end up falling into because I just felt like I had to get a job, right? And people don't realize like it doesn't matter if you're 20, doesn't matter if you're in your 30s, doesn't matter if you're 40s, like whatever that time is, it doesn't matter. That's the time to do it. And yeah, there's going to be some kickback, but you got to push through that. So I really applaud you for doing this. Now tell everybody where you're at right now, because this is a great story. I'm really excited uh, about this company that you're working with right now. And it's really, uh, I think there's such a great future for not only you, but also what this company potentially can do uh, here in the United States. Yeah. So uh, in January, I started working at, uh, it's called Bear Performance Nutrition. Um, it's uh, owned and founded by Nick Bear. Um, he's, he's pretty popular on YouTube and social media. Um, and we're, we're a supplement company on the outside, but really we're, we're kind of a, a media and entertainment company. Mostly we do a lot of documentaries and, and podcasts, and we push out a ton of different content online. Um, and about a year ago, this is a part of the reason what even kind of inspired Chasing 400 to begin with was um, I, I found Nick on YouTube and he was doing a big like Ironman prep series. Um, so I, was, I got really into his Ironman videos and uh, they were just really well put together. He had a whole media team and I was like, man, that'd be so much fun to, to be able to put something like that together to tell this this big story of um, you know somebody achieving a big goal. And that's when I texted Justin. I was like, hey, Justin, you want to maybe put something like this together? And, and obviously he said yes, but um, so just a year ago, I was literally sitting on my couch watching these videos, just dreaming about working for this company specifically. And then, and then, uh, at Leadville, um, when I was there filming Justin, I, uh, recognized the whole BPN team. They were all there, um, because Nick was running the race and I, I went up to him, started talking to him, kind of networked over the next couple of months. And then they were hiring for a videographer position and they, they hit me up and said, Hey, you're interested in coming to work for us. And I yeah. said, of course, I'm, I'm more than willing to come down there to Texas. And, uh, now I'm here. It's, it's been a kind of a crazy last 12 months, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's been really cool. You know, it's amazing what happens when you just start saying yes in your life, right? Just start yep. saying yes, the opportunities and without knowing or understanding the outcomes or just, you know, with, with, for you, you know, we talked about, we talked about this a little bit before the show, like there wasn't about the financial gain that you're going to get this from, you know, it's because it was, you're following your passion or you really felt like this was your calling. And so many great things happen when you do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. It's like, it's just a butterfly effect really of like, what if I wouldn't have, um, turned down law school and, and I, you know, I would have continued to go down that path and, yeah. um, and be working in an office nine to five, you know, doing paperwork. Um, if I, if I would have just continued to do that, like I, I definitely wouldn't be here right now and doing what I love every day where it doesn't yeah. feel like work. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it's, I just think it's think of it as a butterfly effect of these small seemingly insignificant decisions that we that we make on a daily basis. They just, over time, they compound into these huge things that, you know, you look back a year or two later and it's, it's just a, a culmination of all these different minor decisions. Yeah. I think that's awesome. So we got to know, I'm mean, everybody's going to be asked. So asking, so Nick and Justin were at the same race. They're both elite athletes who won. <laughs> Justin won. Uh, he, he definitely beat Nick. I think it was like maybe three or four hours. He got him by, um, they were actually really, really close up until about mile 60. I want to say, okay. um, when they got to hope pass, um, that's the big climb at about the 50 mile market Leadville. That's when they kind of started to, to split off. I think that's where Justin's, 
um, you know, inner ultra runner kind of came out and then yeah. Nick not being a natural ultra runner. Yeah. Um, that's where that course kind of started to get the best of him. But, um, it, it was cool because the, like I said, for the first half of the race, Justin would come in and then like, you know, five, 10 minutes later, Nick would come in too. So I got to see both of them running at the same time, which was really neat. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, Justin, he's, this is like, I think Leadville was like his seventh or eighth hundred and that was Nick's first. Um, so it was like, you know, it was, it's hard to compare the two, but it was, yeah. it was really cool to see them both in the same race. Without a doubt. And I know that they don't do it for competition, but everybody's going to ask, they're like, why didn't you ask that question? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just beat everybody to the punch on that one. So, well, Hey, listen, when we, as we kind of wrap this up, you know, we the people that listen to this show are, you know, they're young entrepreneurs typically, or they're young in their, in their entrepreneurship. They might not necessarily be young uh, you know, physically in a sense. Uh, and, and I'd love to know, is there any advice that you would give them after this experience that you've had? I know that you're still chasing this dream. I know that you're, you know, once again, we're, we're at base camp one, maybe even at base camp two, we're so far still from the peak of your business, of your, um, um, of your ultimate success. What advice would you give to somebody that's at base camp one or that they're, or maybe they, or they're not even there yet. They're actually just in that pursuit of something. My biggest piece of advice, which, you know, I kind of just realized more recently is, is to just keep going. Um, and it, like I mentioned, it's these, all these small daily decisions and, and choices that we make that, that end up compounding into this, this big thing. Um, but, but if you, you have a passion um, and it's something that you truly care about, if you just continue to show up every single day, um, don't, you can't make excuses. It's just day in, day out, showing up, spending time on that goal it's going to compound over time and it's going to get you to where you want to be. Um, and, and it's not doing what society says you should do or what your parents say you should do to some extent. Um, it, it's just doing what you want to do and, and what makes you happy. And, um, you know, what fulfills your soul, I think is, is a big part of it is not worrying about money and, and all these other external factors. It's just internally what makes you feel good and what, what feels right to you. And if you continue to do that every single day, it's, it's going to make you, it's going to, it's going to get you places. Love it, man. That's awesome, dude. Well, you're definitely living that out and you're a great example of doing that. And you can see how those dreams start to manifest themselves into, into reality. So congratulations on that. Hey, how do people, um, well, first of all, how do people find the film exactly? Like, I, I don't want to put him, I don't want to tell him to go someplace. And you're like, no, no, that's the wrong place. Yeah. So it's uh, on YouTube. Um, if you search up chasing 400, you should be able to find it or uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, it's just Jeremy Miller. Um, you should be able to find it there. And then, um, yeah. And then I'm on Instagram, um, and Facebook and all that other stuff too, but, uh, chasing 400 on YouTube. And then you also are creating videos, which are pretty amazing too. So, um, where can we find your content that you're creating as well too? Um, as far as my personal content or uh, um, even for Nick, right. I think you're doing a lot of videos for Nick, which is, they look amazing. Yeah. So those, uh, those are on Nick's YouTube channel, um, which is Nick bear. Um, you can find all that stuff there. Anything on there from the last three to four months is stuff that I've produced with them. So, um, yeah. Excellent, my man. Dude, well, I have so appreciated to be on here, dude. I, I, once again, after watching that film, I just knew I had to get you on the podcast. Cause I just, I love it. You could just tell how passionate you were about this documentary. You put your heart and soul in it and it really is a, just a great reflection of who you are. So congratulations so far on that success. I love it. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. You bet. All right, guys. Hey, listen, as we wrap up, you know, the one thing that we do, the call to action is you have to pay the price and to pay the price is to literally share this. We know that this was Jeremy brought some great content. He brought some great, authentic, real situations that were going on in his life. 
And you know that there's somebody out there that wants to hear this, that needs to hear this. Maybe they're just a young entrepreneur and they're just struggling to show up. They're struggling if they really should be chasing that dream. I love the, the idea of this butterfly effect. And you know that if you constantly just show up, good things eventually will happen. So share this episode and go support our man, Jeremy. All right, guys, absolutely love you. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon. 